0: Four, three, two, one. Thanks for tuning in to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The most influential podcast dedicated to the profession of pharmacy with over 80,000 listeners worldwide. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: This is a
0: brighter horizon the <gasps> Farm Grad Wishlist Podcast. Hey, everyone. We're back with the new and refreshed podcast on behalf of the FarmGrad Wishlist, A Brighter Horizon. I am Lindsay childs Keen, a clinical associate professor at the University of Florida College of Pharmacy and advisory team member of the FarmGrad Wishlist. I will be your host today. As we've shared on previous podcasts, Farm Grad Wishlist began as a passion project to diversify the profession and provide means to showcase movers and shakers in the healthcare and pharmacy world. We aim to support minoritized pharmacy students to amplify their voices and champion efforts to create a successful transition into a new and promising career. Together, a group of practicing pharmacists and clinicians organized a Twitter mutual aid movement to support our emerging minoritized pharmacy grads. What started as a platform to showcase and support Black, Indigenous, and persons of color pharmacists has now grown into a movement to bring together practitioners from all over to create a brighter future and more equitable playing field modeled after a similar effort within the medical profession MedGrad wishlist we first promoted amazon wishlists to showcase and support the actual needs of our graduates get items into their hands so that they can focus on passing exams and starting their careers with one less worry Financial burdens disproportionately affect Black, Indigenous, and other persons of color graduates, providing significant disadvantages when pursuing postgraduate training or establishing practice. This burden can at times be a prohibitive factor for minoritized groups from pursuing the profession. Even more, we know that the lack of underrepresented healthcare practitioners further exacerbates health disparities amongst our patients. Wish wishlist is just one of many movement to date to help flip that script. To date, we have supported hundreds of pharmacy grads, disseminated wishlists, and raised thousands of dollars in support of the movement. And we're not done yet. To further spread the word, we'll be continuing to showcase our sponsees. And so with that, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, Joseph Washington. Joseph Washington is a final year dual degree PharmD and Master's of Public Health student at the University of Florida College of Pharmacy. Joseph has been involved with the movement as a sponsee, and we wanted to give him a chance to share his story with you all. And a little disclaimer, I have had the honor of serving as Joseph's faculty advisor at the University of Florida College of Pharmacy. So Joseph and I have known each other for a few years now, and I'm honored to be able to interview him today. So welcome, Joseph. We're so happy that you decided to participate in FarmGrad Wishlist, and our group is so excited to support you. I know our sponsors and listeners would love to know more about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about growing up, decision to come to pharmacy school, career aspirations, whatever you want us to know about you.
1: Sure. Well, first, I'd start by saying thank you for the invitation to be a part of this podcast. It truly is a pleasure to be able to share my story with you all. Again, my name is Joseph Washington, and I'm a PharmD Master of Public Health student here at the University of Florida was born and raised in a small rural Florida town called Putnam Hall with less than 150 people, uh, which really gave me a deep sense of the importance of community and giving back, um, which I would say is the undertone for all the organizations and initiatives that I've been able to take part in throughout pharmacy school. Uh, but it also uh, sort of inspired me to branch out and want to impact global health, which I've been able to do in a moderate capacity as a trip leader of an international health outreach trip to Mexico, where me and my team were able to impact the lives of over 900 native Mexicans with medication reconciliation, lifestyle and diet education. And in conjunction with our doctor of audiology colleagues, ear exams. And I think it's this undertone of service that has sort of followed me throughout my entire pharmacy school career, which was instilled in me by my mother, who was a registered nurse, that taught me and my siblings uh, to, to always put your best fo- foot forward uh, and best effort uh, for others. And I think this sort of was the internal drive to pursue a career in health. But at the time, I did not know uh, which career in health to sort of pursue. But well, fortunately, my first job ever was in a grocery store, although this grocery store didn't have a community pharmacy. Uh, my colleagues that knew that I was interested in chemistry and good working with people sort of encouraged me to look into community pharmacy as a career. So from that moment, I sort of tasked myself to find an opportunity to work in the community pharmacy setting to see whether or not it was a good fit. And the rest, uh, it's almost history, but I haven't graduated yet, so not history just yet. But I think now as a fourth year student, uh, I sort of have a clear vision of what I would like to pursue uh, post-grad. Uh, which would be a career in the pharmaceutical industry in the functional area of health economics, outcomes, research, and market access.
0: Well, awesome. So you also have served in a very notable leadership position during your pharmacy school career. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure, sure. So I was able to serve as the national president of the Student National Pharmaceutical Association or SNAFA where I was able to lead over 5,000 student pharmacists in service to medically underserved communities across the country in the midst of an unexpected pandemic. And this experience was very transformative. Uh, It helped me to develop as a servant leader and really uh, how to sort of impact change uh, in a sort of adverse situation where everything wasn't clear and you had to sort of develop innovative strategies to do so. And although this was the most rigorous and tough uh, sort of uh, challenge or experience that I was able to take part in uh, throughout pharmacy school, I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Yeah, I I know some of the amazing stuff you did as SNAPA president and it You've had a certainly a, a significant reach during that role. So we are very proud of your efforts. Um, in addition to the year that you served as SNAFA president, that was the year you were focusing on your public health studies because we mentioned you're a joint farm PharmD and PH student. Um, so tell us more about why you wanted to pursue the additional degree in public health and what other unique opportunities you had during that year.
1: Sure. I think that any student that decides to pursue a concurrent degree uh, while in school uh, has to face a choice. And that choice is foregoing graduation with the colleagues that they began this journey with uh, for that additional one year or two years. So initially when I was sort of making the decision, uh, it was tough. And I was 80% sure that I was making the right decision. But based off of the experiences that I was able uh, to have throughout the, the curriculum and internships and my capstone, I'm assured, like on the other side of it, that I, I made the right decision. Uh, so for me, the initial reason behind pursuing the Master of Public Health is I wanted the added biostatistics and epidemiology training to be able to critically appraise literature, but I also wanted to deepen my understanding of the healthcare landscape, and I w- and I believe that I was able to do that throughout the course of the year um, that I completed the Master's of Public Health. Um, but one of the most unique experiences that I had uh, during my Master's of Public Health was an internship uh, where I served as the health policy fellow for a United States member of Congress for four months. And in this role, I was more than just an intern that was stapling papers together or uh, answering calls from constituents, I was actually considered a valued member of the team where I had to interpret legislation and brief the Congressman. And from that briefing, he was going to make a decision on how he would vote uh, on particular legislation. So it was a very impactful position uh, where I was able to take over 55 meetings with either constituents or lobbyist groups over the course of the four months that I served in the office. I was able to develop briefings, memos, uh, and attend different hearings. Uh, and I managed the congressman's entire healthcare portfolio. But I would say the most enjoyable project that I had the opportunity to work on was uh, developing health equity strategy to ensure that the underserved regions of Florida's Orange, Osceola, and Polk counties had access to COVID-19 vaccines in early March. So I was working with uh, community pharmacy stakeholders that were part of the federal retail pharmacy program uh, and sort of directing them on which sites within the counties that we represented uh, should be the primary points for the vaccine stockpile. Uh, And then even going further, sort of developing strategies to ensure that the individuals within those communities were the ones that actually received the vaccines and not individuals from affluent areas that had the transportation or had the bandwidth to be able to schedule the appointments for vaccines. So that was the most enjoyable, uh, not only because I was able to sort of work with a diverse team and listen to different perspectives, but also to ensure access uh, for COVID-19 vaccines to uh, the indigent and underserved members of the communities that we represented.
0: All right, so it's it sounds like not only were you studying public health, you were putting it in practice as well. So we are honored to uh, sort of announce um, that you are one of our scholarship recipients. This is the first year that we have done a residency and fellowship scholarship on behalf of FarmGrad wish list. And so you are one of, I think, 19 scholarship recipients this year. Our goal was to fund a number lower than that. And because we had such an amazing response from our sponsors um, across the profession, we were able to expand it out to have 19 scholarship recipients this year. And so tell us a little bit about what receiving this scholarship will do for you personally and or professionally.
1: Yes, this scholarship was definitely a blessing. Uh, As a fourth-year student, the majority of your time is spent uh, completing your advanced pharmacy practice experiences, which can be 40 hours a week upwards. Uh, And with that, you don't have much time, if any, to work uh, to sort of supplement living expenses, transportation, uh, maintenance of your vehicle for traveling to and from home to uh, your rotation site uh, and food, uh, which are indirect costs that I feel sometimes get swiped under the, the rug, but it's definitely a factor uh, when you consider being able to fully function or, or or function at a high level on rotation, sort of not having those stressors. So I really appreciated uh, the the scholarship to be able to help sort of ease that burden for me, especially uh, during this. Fellowship process season. So, my earliest fellowship interview was in October. And of course, during that time, I'm still completing my uh, pharmacy rotation. So, I'm having to manage this along with my fellowship, uh, along with uh, the requirements for our professional course at the University of Florida. So, it can get sort of tough, uh, especially considering scheduling and being able to sort of push the burden of cost aside. For the transportation everything else that i mentioned uh, is definitely helpful and sort of eases the stress uh, of the moment so that i can fully execute uh, where it matters most
0: well again we're we're honored to help support you and some of your colleagues across the country who are wanting to do that postgraduate training so let's shift gears a little bit what are some pieces of advice, maybe three pieces of advice that you would have for pharmacy students who are matriculating through school right now.
1: Sure. The advice that I would give and always give to uh, first-year students as a student ambassador is to get involved but not over-involved. You want to make sure that you're taking part in at least two to three organizations. That way you can sort of keep a beat on what's going on in the college Uh, as well as be able to sort of listen in to any interesting speakers when you're sort of developing an idea for what you would like to do post-grad. You also want to tap into your faculty. Uh, They are a valuable resource, not only for research opportunities, but for general guidance and advice because these same individuals, uh, they have their pharmacy degrees, similar to what you'll have at the end of the four years, So you definitely want to utilize any type of support that they can provide uh, as you go through the rigor of the curriculum. And finally, I would say being open to opportunity. Uh, You never want to sort of block off a particular area just because you don't think that you're interested or uh, hearsay from someone else because you can indulge in that particular experience and it can turn out to be what drives you, what motivates you, what pushes you to the next level. So definitely being open to experience is a key point while you're in this next phase of, of your, of your professional development.
0: It sounds similar to some advice that I've given students. So it's good to know that that's been your experience as well.
1: I will say something about my CDC rotation. You know, my preceptor sent me a cold email. Sorry, Joseph. We can't have you. And it was like, that was it. No options. Oh, no. Nothing. And I was just shocked. Those government agencies, they're going to follow the path of least resistance. Like if they have to cut something off, yeah. the student's going to go first. So <sighs> I was very disappointed, but we were able to scramble. But that was even that was even sort of messing with my head because I was supposed to have the rotation earlier. But I was told by my preceptor at the time, that that they wanted all their students to have in-person events. So let's push it here. So it was kind of like a lot of confusion going on here, a lot of thoughts in my head, but we're able to find, uh, I guess, with the UF alumni network, someone at the CDC and I was placed with a new preceptor. Awesome. Yes. I'm glad that worked out. out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think that in life, you have to come up against those barriers and it has to be acknowledged in order for any change to come about from that situation. But if you just keep going, you know, without any type of stop, then you never realize, okay, I need to make a change. So I, I'm appreciative. I'm I, just appreciative need to call,
0: of I just need to call you for inspirational pep talks. <laughs> so as you're poised to enter the profession in just a few months, it's right around the corner, Joseph. Um, oh, yeah. what, ex, what excites you most for the future? And what do you want current pharmacists and or non-pharmacists to know about where pharmacy is going?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, what excites me most is post-grad career opportunities. Um, As I mentioned, I'm interested in uh, working in the pharmaceutical industry and functional area of health economics outcomes research. And I think from my research of this particular functional area, I really have an opportunity to impact access to care. Just as I mentioned, the undertone for all the work that I've been able to do in pharmacy school or uh, while completing my master's of public health has been of service. And I would love to continue uh, with this same pace uh, after I've completed my studies here at the University of Florida. Regarding the profession of pharmacy, I would say it's definitely growing. Uh, As we've seen with the COVID 19 pandemic, many community pharmacists have been tapped to really Exercise their ability to immunize uh, to increase the numbers of immunized uh, of individuals that are immunized uh, against COVID nineteen across this country, which is incredibly useful. But I think that other areas of pharmacy are growing as well uh, in, in notoriety and the impact that they can have uh, on the patient, uh, and that their focus is also patient centric, uh, regardless of where they are in the continuum of pharmacy. So. Uh, I'm I'm definitely excited to to not only see what pharmacy grows to become in the coming years, but also to be a part of it.
0: And we're excited to have you be a part of it. We really are. Um, So to sort of wrap up, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners of the
1: podcast? Sure. Uh, I would say don't be afraid to be a trailblazer. There's a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, do not go where the path may lead. Instead, go where there's no path and leave a trail. And I think that is the underpinning for a lot of things that I've done in the background uh, in pharmacy school. For instance, the Masters of Public Health, from my understanding, no one had completed the concurrent degree in 10 years. Uh, And during that time, there had been a change in the PharmD curriculum. And there was also a change in the Masters of Public Health curriculum. So basically any question that I wanted to have answered, I had to utilize my proactive approach and research methods to find out the answer for myself. Uh, and even what was mentioned, uh, becoming the national president of SNAFR, the Student National Pharmaceutical Association, according to uh, what I hear from Dean Julie Johnson, no one I completed that arduous of a task in over hundred year history of uh, the College of Pharmacy. So th- these experiences, these opportunities aren't because I'm the best at anything, but I'm willing to put in the effort. I'm willing to take the the necessary initiative to try new things. And I have the understanding that even if I'm unsuccessful, uh, that it was worth the experience. And there's something that I can draw from that experience, not only to help myself develop, but to share uh, and connect with others. And I think that's the biggest lesson, aside from the clinical knowledge and the public health knowledge, uh, that I've been able to draw Uh, from my time here in pharmacy school. I think it's that
0: those are inspirational and insightful words for all of us, not just those who are current students or recent graduates. So thank you so much, Joseph, for talking with us today and sharing a little bit about your story. Again, very insightful, very inspiring. Um, We're really looking forward to supporting and watching you grow as a pharmacist and in the pharmacy profession. So listeners, if you'd like to support rising pharmacists such as Joseph Washington, please visit our website farmgradwishlist.org or other social media such as Twitter and Instagram for current fundraising opportunities, blogs, and wish wishlists. Check out our other podcasts and we're looking forward to showcasing more of the effort and the movement, so stay tuned.